The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock. And if that theme music uh, has been something of a hint, you may have guessed who my next uh, guest is on the show. It is Marcus Bentley. Marcus is, of course, the voice of Big Brother. Or Marcus, is that accurate? You're more you're the narrator of Big Brother, is that it? I'm the narrator, or I, I'm commonly known as the voice of Big Brother, but yes, I'm the voice of Big Brother. Ah, you are. You're absolutely the voice of Big Brother. Of course you are. And what a remarkable voice. It's kind of strange <laughs> to be talking to you, having, having listened to you for so much of my adult <laughs> life, <laughs> uh, to be talking to you. You must get that reaction all the time, do you? I, I get positive reaction, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> which is always helpful, yeah. So yeah, I'm a. I, I like to think I'm a big part of the show, and a uh, you know, and a, a nostalgic part of the show these days. And uh, it's like like the theme music. Everybody associates my voice with Big Brother. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just every time when you say it, there'll be certain words you're going to say now. I'm sure over the next few minutes, uh, and when I hear them, I'll, I'll be taken back to uh, kind yeah. of. A, <laughs> a point in my kind of uh, late teens into the early 20s and right through yeah. to now. Um, do, does that ever get tiring, though? You know, people stopping and thinking, hold on a minute, I know that voice from somewhere. Not not at all, because as I see, I get a positive reaction and, you know, people love the show and the people are going to recognise my voice and love the show. And uh, I guess it's like a lot of things these days. Uh, the the, the, the People are used to seeing people, so to have something that's dis, you know, disassociated with a face, you know, it's like sort of old-fashioned, I guess old-fashioned radio when you didn't know what the presenters looked like, but now everybody knows what everybody looks like, so, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a bit strange, yeah. So how, how does it usually happen? Because, yeah, you're right, I mean, it, it sounds or it feels like it, in my head that people might hear it and they almost kind of walk away, do they? And a kind of an eyebrow is arched and they think, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I know that voice. What's it from? And where do I know you from? And it's a a difficult thing because I I go, well, you know, I sort of do voiceovers. What do you do for a living? Would I know anything? Well, I do Big Brother. Say something. Dear 22. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it usually goes something like that, you know. In most of its benefits as well, though, does it? Having one of the most oh. recognisable voices in the UK? Well, absolutely. It gives me a career. And uh, I, I do a lot of events. So I, I present and uh, do what they call the voice of God, the voice from the gods at award shows and things like that. And I, I invariably get it. A great reaction. Is he in the building? Oh my goodness! Whoa! Say something, you know. So, yeah, it is. It's a mad thing. It's it's it's, a, it's an unusual part of sort of uh, well, the culture of these aisles that you know, the, you know, this voice. You know, you don't really get that these days because it's normally a, a presenter, isn't it? That, you mm. know, a, you know. So I'm like sort of an out of vision presenter, which is as I see, as associated with the show, just like the music is. Yeah, it, it, you're right. Like I, it is unusual 
that a disembodied voice is so famous, if we put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do, I, and how does that manifest itself? Because, you know, if, if you've got a, a character or a character, that's unfair to call them characters, though I think a lot of them are acting from Love Island or something like that, walking down the street. You know, people stop and they ask for selfies. Do people ask for selfies with you or is it they take out the audio app on the phone and they well, say, know who record I this? Yeah. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Voiceover messages. And uh, I mean, I've done all sorts of the years. I even uh, please record this type of thing. Uh, I've I've done marriage proposals. I've done. Uh, uh, Sorry, so, Marcus, Marcus, whoa, whoa. You've actually you have proposed marriage on behalf on of some, someone else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times, you know. Yeah, I, I, oh, it's been going a while. And there's some str- I've had some strange requests. The strangest, and um, somebody, I, I get asked, what's the strangest request you've had? And I go, oh, and then I, I, my wife said, what about that one you got the other year? And what it was, was that I got this, um, I, I got an email from this lady called Alison. I can't remember where she was from. This is about five years ago. And she's a massive Big Brother fan. And she was, unfortunately, she told me she was terminally ill. But she had she had this wicked sense of humour. And she got me to record, and I, I swear to God, this is what happened. She got me to record this little thing for her, her cremation ceremony. And, uh, and so when she died... <laughs> That's <laughs> not a la- not a laughing matter, but she was such a she she was a good such a good sport. I had to they record as she as, as her coffin passed through the furnace. My voice beamed out. Apparently, uh, uh, Alison, you've been evicted from planet Earth. Please leave <laughs> immediately. You know, she was just a, well, absolute you know legend of a woman. You know, and a, a daughter a, a daughter. Uh, uh, he emailed me, emailed me a later date saying that everything had gone to plan. Oh so that's the strangest request I've had, you know. So, you know. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a kind of it's a bizarre story. It's a lovely story as well, in some way, that that's how she was able to approach. Well, we've all got a good, we've all got a good. She, yeah. she went in style, her style. Yeah, that's great. I mean, how, how did you get the gig in the first place? If we go all the way back to pre well, to Big Brother season one. To 2020. Well, in 1998, I'm an actor originally. In 19, and I, I was doing quite well for a few years uh, in b- b- bits of TV and theatre, lots of theatre, and uh, loads of commercials. I was in lots of commercials. Sort of, this is the 90s, and then uh, for about two years, it got a little bit, it, it, it got a little bit hard, like a lot for a lot of actors. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to change things up a bit. And I wrote, I. I uh, wrote it to try and get a new agent and I accidentally or inadvertently wrote to a top voiceover agent who rang me up the next day. So I sent a letter and, the, and with my CV and uh, photograph in there. And the next day they rang me up and said, we've got a job for you. And it was 1998 and England were in the World Cup and uh, it, it, it didn't go in the end, but Paul Gascoigne, was due to go to the World Cup. He didn't go, he didn't get picked to the end. But uh, I got a job impersonating Paul Gascoigne uh, for the uh, Science <laughs> Museum in London. But I, I can't even remember what I said, but to actually get a job straight away it was great. And and basically, I started doing this voiceover agent, were quite big, and I started doing quite a few uh, commercials and bits and bobs. 
and I was having great fun. And then, because it was a voice, a big voiceover agent, the uh, the producers of Big Brother were looking for a voice, and they'd gone through all the famous people and thought, well, I know regional types. So they gathered all these. They're on cassettes in those days. They weren't even on CV. They definitely weren't digital. The, the, all our show reels were on uh, uh, cassettes. So they gathered all these cassettes from all all the top voiceover agents, and uh, they uh, they did a shortlist, and they got me to record a, a little bit of uh, typical Big Brother dialogue on uh, on my mini disc player, which I just bought, and I got mm-hmm. went to uh, Dixon's the uh, the. Le- electronic place and i bought myself a eight pound microphone stuck it in my uh recording device which you know which is state of the art at the time and uh i recorded some typical big brother fair and what happened was in one of these uh sentences out this year it was uh darren's in the garden feeding the chickens and apparently <laughs> the commissioning editor for channel four yeah uh, loved the way i said the word chickens so there you have it you know I mean, how does anyone get any, you know, any job? It's just, they just like you for some reason, and they love the way I said chicken, so there you go. I guess I, I, everyone's life is full of these sliding doors moments, but could you imagine you had been told, like, Darren is in the garden watering the flowers? <laughs> yeah, we, we, I wouldn't no. be talking to Marcus Bentley today. It wouldn't be happening, would it? It'd be, <laughs> it'd be some Scots, Scots lady or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, had you any idea, or, or when did you... Uh, begin to realise that this was going to be a huge cultural phenomenon? Well, I, I, I knew it was going to be quite a big show because they'd been talking about it in the papers for a long time and it was it was coming, a big hit in Holland and all this type of thing. And then I uh, it was a me- an immediate buzz, but it just immediately, it just, everybody was talking about it. And uh, I was getting like asked for interviews and from all the new big newspapers, and uh, it was just everybody was talking about it. And I thought, Do you know what, I might, I might be able to get another, sh- and you know, another like year out of this or something like that. And then, you know, it just, it. I mean, I would say there was a, a radio show in in the UK, Chris Moyle's Radio One show. And he was doing, he, he was, he was mad for it, you know. And he was doing like, you couldn't do it these days. He was getting his uh, listeners to to, to uh, write in and say, give him ideas for fifty ways to kill Nasty Nick. So <laughs> it was just gone a bit. It was gone a bit weird, you know. And it was, it was just mega. I remember going to get my hair cut and people. In the in the salon, in the barbers, in the talk. Oh, do you see it last night? Oh, I'm thinking, oh my god, you don't even know who I am. And wow, you're just talking about it. And then people impersonate me on the trains and on television. <laughs> and uh, I remember like tuning in one one evening, and it was who was it? It was Alistair McGowan, and he, he did a sketch about David Beckham and uh, Victor- David and Victoria Beckham, and they, he uh, he did it in my voice. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> you know, and it was like. Oh my god! And that was the first time I'd ever heard sort of a professional impersonate me, and so it 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 was literally straight away. It just went bang, you know. So 
massive hit, you know. And what's the day like when it, when it is on or when it's going to be back on or when it was on? I mean, are you anywhere near the house? Do you see oh, yeah, outtakes I, or what? Well, how do, what is it from your point of view? Oh, I'd say it's, it changed over the years. I mean, literally in the beginning, I'd be there 14 hours a day. Now, as a voiceover guy, you normally get paid by the hour. And so they book a studio and they, they they want you in and out as quick as possible. So, but in these type of programs, it's a bit different. I mean, there was nothing like Big Brother. So, so my days were I'd be there for fourteen hours as they make and changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That sort of boiled down as we got used to it over the years. And then, so my typical day, say halfway through, sort of, uh, you know, say ten years ago, I would be sort of uh, I'd get there about two o'clock. I'd uh, There'd be like a preliminary script and, and I, I'd go through it and go, oh, well, should we change this or what's happening here? So I'd sort of like re-edit it and uh, and then we'd eventually record it. And then there'd be lots of pickups as the as the producers and everyone changed their minds or there'd be often a controversial piece in it. And so the lawyers would be involved. So you're talking to lawyers and lawyers are whipping things out and saying, mm. no, we can't say that, you know, this and that. And then the, the producers will be fighting the call and go, oh, we must, we must keep this in and all these things. So it'd go on. And eventually they'd have to sort of, uh, so they'd edit the show, they'd do the final edit uh, and then they'd deliver it to one of the, whatever channel was broadcasting it and they'd deliver it digitally. So I'd be away by about seven. So, but I lived in, uh, I lived in Kent and it, uh, initially it used to take me three hours each way to Elstree and Boreham Wood. God. Uh, and then it, uh, so it was a lot of traveling and of course it used to be on for 13 weeks, which is a hell of a slog. I'm not, I'm not, it's not like going down the mines or anything, but you know, you, yeah. you know, it was, it was hard slog. And then eventually when it got, when it, it got ooh, about, about, nine years ago they put they they built me a studio in my in the in my garden uh in kent and uh i used to have to just have to travel at the bottom of my garden oh, or great. i'd get a little a little get an email or a phone call go marcus get pick up time you know or whatever so that was great fun but i did miss going in you know so mm. yeah and I, I guess in those early days then or those first few years where you are going in all the time because you you're seeing not necessarily in person; they're not seeing you. But you're you're in and around the production team. You're seeing all these outtakes, all this extra footage none of us sees. You're yeah. close in that sense to the housemates. You must develop a bit of an attachment to some of them. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I was a fan, and I, and, and I used to I used to watch it at least once at work. Uh, and then I'd come home and watch it with my wife mm. and we would sort so I'd watch it twice a day and you have your favorites and you, and you, you know, there's some amazing housemates. The thing is for the, the biggest, the hardest job for the producers to do is to deliver, deliver like really good, interesting housemates. And that is so difficult because there's a lot of copycats there's, there's a lot of copycats that do, you know, do the rounds and what have you. But to get sort of unique housemates, it, it's a, it's quite tricky. So when you got people like Nikki Graham, who is she? You, you know, that, that, you know, mm. coming along and Josie Gibson, Jade Goody, uh, Pete Bennett, people like that. They're just like unique, and they, they they're what make the shows, you know. And and you know, we have a a lot of 
Barneys and uh, you know Lovins and things. It's just an it's an organic process. In the ne- you, they never know quite what they're going to get, and and then that's part that's part of the beauty of the show. It's it, it's uh, it, it's I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's not contrived, because putting certain housemates in together, it's going to contrive something. But it is the lead, It's very organic, Big Brother, and so you know, it is to be part of that and close to that. It's sort of you do sort of. It, it just becomes embedded in you, and it, and it, and you know, I, I've I did the show for for eighteen years, and you know, hopefully I'll go on and, and and make some more. But it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of my identity and, uh, you know, especially professionally. But, yeah, and, I, you know, and I met lots of the housemates over the years and the, the good ones were invariably like it in real life, like like Nicky Graham. I remember being in the, the West, is it the Westfield Centre in uh, Shepherd's Bush in London and I'd, I was just, it was very, really quiet until I heard, Marcus, Marcus, and it was Nicky coming out of his shoe shop like as camp as Christmas, and just did just a delight, and you know, yeah, and she's she she's sorely missed, and you know, I hope when it returns, we can we can put some more iconic, find some more iconic housemates like that, and then you know we'll be we'll be around for another twenty years. No, you're kind of talking about it in the the first person. You know, we'll be around, and when it returns, are you officially yeah. part of the the, no, the new show? No, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm a hoping to be. I, I, I'm, I'm led to believe, to be hopeful, but they, they haven't chosen anything. I think it's. I, I get the impression. I mean, I, I spoke to producers last week, and I get the impression that it's not long since they signed this, this deal, and so they've not. You know, up until last week, they haven't chosen uh, any presenters or. You know, but when they're talking about it, it's going back to sort of not to be not so much to basics, but going back to its original format and uh, and look and feel. And when uh, ITV have already started using my voice, uh, you know, talking about the show and repeats of what I've done before, you know. It, 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 you look. I, I, I'm not stu- I'm not silly enough to think that you know I'm irreplaceable. I, of course, everyone's re- replaceable, but I think they, it would be a pointless. <laughs> it would be pointless to replace me, really, because I think just like the music, why we, why would they? So I mean, that, it does sound arrogant, but I, I just think you know whether it is a little bit different or not. I I I think I speak for yeah. most of the people getting in touch and fight through on a six on a text line here, Marcus, to 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 say that we hope in one aspect it isn't and that you continue to be the, the narrator it doesn't do it justice the voice of Big Brother uh, Marcus an absolute pleasure thanks a million for speaking to us oh thank you my pleasure too take care all the best ta The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.